changing your life one story at a time. This is the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast with Editor-in-Chief Amy Newmark. Hey, it's Amy Newmark, and it's Friend Friday on the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast. And today I'm so pleased to introduce you to Lorraine Canistra. She has cerebral palsy, and she writes about that for us often. She happens to be a wheelchair ballroom dancer, and she has a new book out called More the Same Than Different, which helps us to understand how to talk to people with disabilities, which is something that most of us can use some advice about. So Lorraine, welcome to the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Amy. I'm really happy to be here. Now, Lorraine is an author. She's an advocate. She's a blogger. And as I said, she's a wheelchair ballroom dancer. She speaks to audiences about overcoming obstacles and empowering others. She's a certified mediator. She's an athlete. In 1986, she was selected as one of 37 athletes to represent the country in the International Games for the Disabled, which is now called the Paralympics. She was crowned Ms. Wheelchair Kansas in 2007. She got her bachelor's degree in English with a minor in creative writing, and she has a master's in rehabilitation counseling, all from Emporia State University. And we've published, I think, nine of your stories in our books. Am I right, Lorraine? That is correct. She also has a wonderful service dog named Leah, and she writes about the dogs in her life also. So anyway, I feel like I've really got to know you through your stories. And If we have time today, we'll talk about some of those. But what I really want to focus on is your brand new book, More the Same Than Different. What caused you to decide to put this book together? Well, you know, a lot of people tend to be uncomfortable around situations and people they don't know much about. And for me, that included people with disabilities. And so... It took a long time for me to understand that when people talked to my caregiver instead of talking to me to get information or talk to me in a louder tone of voice than they normally would for somebody else or or any of those kinds of things, they weren't intentionally trying to be offensive. They just didn't know. They didn't know how to appropriately interact with people with disabilities and what was respectful and what wasn't. So at one point, I was talking to one of my caregivers, and I was explaining all of that, and he said, well, what do you want people to know? And from that idea, I just started to write, and that became this book. Yeah, I'm going to read the chapters for people. So You have a wonderful introduction, which we're going to talk about. And then some of these chapter titles. Chapter two, I am not broken. I don't need fixing. Chapter three, the importance of what you say. Chapter four, the importance of how you say what you say. I know people speak louder as if you don't understand English or something. Not that when they speak to somebody who doesn't speak English, that speaking louder is going to make any difference either. Chapter five is called disability etiquette. Chapter seven is about inclusion. Chapter nine is about service dogs, because of course you have to educate people as to how to treat your beautiful dog when it's accompanying you and your dog is working. Absolutely. I love chapter 11. I am okay with who I am. So 
I read your book some time ago and found it very interesting because I think we all need some help in this area. And I want to go over your introduction as well, because I could not believe the events that you related in your introduction. Why don't you share that with us? Well, when I was a sophomore in college, I've had cerebral palsy all my life. I've never known anything different. And when I was a sophomore in college, my brother was in a car wreck and he was paralyzed from the chest down. And that was a very interesting process for our family to go through, not only to have him adjust to being a wheelchair user and having a disability, but our whole family dynamic. And as brothers and sisters do, uh, as we were growing up, my brother and I um, didn't always see eye to eye. He had to do a lot of things for me because I wasn't capable of doing them myself. I don't drive. So he had to drive me from place to place a lot. And there were a lot of things, understandably, that he resented about that. So sometimes he would take that out on me. And my response would always be, you have no idea what it's like to live with a disability. You, you know, you, you, wouldn't live my life, couldn't or don't live my life for just one day. And so when he was injured and we weren't sure if he was going to walk again, um, that day I had to wonder if the universe had granted my wish for just one day in a wheelchair for my brother just to spite me. And I thought... I didn't really mean it. I was a kid. Oh, my gosh. You poor thing. And your poor parents. It's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. And But, you know, he went through rehabilitation quicker than anybody thought that he would. And part of the reason for that was because our house in his growing up had always been adapted for me. So he knew how to use grab bars. He knew how to um, do things the way he had watched me do them. And now he is married and has four kids and has his own business, and he's doing great. That is wonderful, and I see he's a bit of an athlete also. You said he doesn't, he doesn't have time these days with the four kids, but he used to play wheelchair tennis and participate in wheelchair races. So he's just like you, in fact, that he is a wheelchair (laughs) athlete. So we're going to pause now for a little break. We'll be back with more from Lorraine and we'll get some of her tips for how we can better handle our interactions with people who are in wheelchairs or who are different in other ways. All right, we're back with Lorraine Canistra, who is the author of More the Same Than Different, which is a guide for all of us for how to respect and include people with disabilities. So, Lorraine, can you give us your five best tips from your new book, More the Same Than Different? Absolutely. Um, But first, let me say that there is many ideas about how to interact with people with disabilities as there are people with disabilities. 
So I am by no means an expert. I don't want to speak for everyone, but I have come up with a list that are just my ideas. We would love to hear them. Okay. The first one is when you see someone with a disability who you think might be struggling, ask them if they need help. Wait for them to answer and then wait for them to give you instructions. So many well-meaning people in my personal experience have think, think that I'm struggling and jump in to help without a word and without asking me what I need. And sometimes what they do is the opposite of what I need. That makes total sense. It reminds me of when I see my neighbors like picking up a huge tortoise that's trying to cross the road and the tortoise is halfway across and they pick it up and put it back where it started. And I'm thinking, oh, no, no, that wasn't the point. They were going the other way. (laughs) Uh, The second one is treat adults like adults. This can encompass not treating people with disabilities like second class citizens always talking in an inappropriate tone of voice like we talked about before, always talking to the person with the disability directly and not trying to get information about them from their companion or caregiver, just treating people the way you would want to be treated if you were in their situation. Uh, That makes total sense. People don't know what to do, and I don't know why they assume that somebody in a wheelchair or walking with a brace somehow can't hear them anymore. I mean, here you are, you're in a wheelchair, you have a master's degree, and you're an author, and you're brilliant. Why are we treating you any differently just because you happen to be seated? Well, Amy, in a perfect world, everybody would have that, that uh, same philosophy. All right, give us your third tip. The third one is don't take power away from people with disabilities. And I have an example with this one. People have to give me rides all the time, and various groups of people that I know sometimes send people to give me a ride. And sometimes, due to various circumstances, which person comes to pick me up changes. Well, if a decision is made to make that change without letting me know, then I have to change things. If a person has given me a ride before, they know how to fold my wheelchair. They know how to help me in and out of a car. If it's somebody new, that's going to take a lot of extra time. And if I don't know that in advance, then that could be inconvenient for everybody involved. So part of Retaining my power is having people keep me in the loop, no matter how small the situation is. Well, and that really ties back to treating an adult like an adult and not acting like you don't need to know what's going on. All right. Right. Give us your next tip. Next tip is when you're having a conversation with a wheelchair user, that's more than simply saying hello in passing. I really appreciate it when people get down to my eye level because I am going to be able to concentrate more on the conversation if I don't feel like who I'm speaking to is 11 feet tall. 
So if somebody, though, if there's a chair next to your chair and they can sit down, but what if there's no place and they're just standing next to you and now they're talking to you? Is it okay for them to crouch down or is that awkward? Should they only get down to your eye level if they can also sit in a chair? No, if they are comfortable crouching down, then then that's completely acceptable to me. Okay. I just don't like having prolonged conversations where I have to look up and strain my neck all the time. I don't feel like I can give my best to the conversation that way. All right. What's your fifth tip? Fifth tip is be willing to step out of your comfort zone. It's totally okay to be shy and awkward. Goodness knows that's how I feel when I'm in a situation I'm not familiar with. My hope is just that people don't stay there. And in my case, if people let me know they're uncomfortable, I can do things to help them move through that. All I ask is that people try to have an interaction with me and things could work out very well for both of us. So they could come up to you and say, I am feeling a little awkward because I don't know how to talk to you. And then you can say, well, I'm a normal person who just happens to be in a wheelchair. So you can talk to me like you would talk to anybody else. And then they'll say, oh, good. Great. Okay. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, I I truly appreciate when people let me know that they're feeling kind of awkward, because then I can ask them what they're awkward about. What are they scared of? Yeah, and and then we can talk about that so it's not a fear anymore. All right. But if they don't tell me they're feeling awkward or they stay in the other part of the, you know, on the other side of the room because they're awkward, then I can't do anything to help that. And you are really an ambassador for a lot of people with disabilities. So um, you do a lot of good for everybody who's in your situation. So let me review these five tips. Number one. Ask if you can help the person. Wait for them to tell you how. Get your instructions from them. Don't just start helping in some way that might be wrong. Two, treat an adult like an adult. Three, don't take their power away. And that kind of is a corollary to treat them like an adult. Four, get down to eye level if possible. And five, step outside your comfort zone and tell the person if you're awkward and ask for help. All right. Now I'm going to share with everybody the blurb that I wrote for you. Everybody always wants blurbs and I hardly ever, ever write blurbs, but I wrote a blurb for you after I read your book. So here's the blurb. Lorraine has been giving our readers an inside view of her life as a wheelchair user for years as a writer for Chicken Soup for the Soul. Her book is a helpful collection of observations and tips for those of us who aren't quite sure what to do when we encounter people with disabilities in our daily lives. So now I would like to know, how can people find your new book, More the Same Than Different? My new book just um, went up on Amazon yesterday. So if you uh, go to Amazon, type in More the Same Than Different, it's right there. That's wonderful. We really appreciate that. Thank you so much for joining us today, Lorraine. Oh, this has been so much fun. Thank you so much for having me, Amy. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast today. We learned a lot from Lorraine, and you can learn more about her on her website, LorraineCanistra.com. You can see her on Facebook, where she is Lorraine Canistra author. You can also look her up on LinkedIn. 
and come back next week for some more wonderful Chicken Soup for the Soul motivation and inspiration. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.